able to support the fight against falsified medicines and ensure that substandard uh, product quality is detected before patients are supplied with these counterfeit products. Welcome to AI Pocket Guide, your useful tour guide into the world of artificial intelligence. Today's topic is data mining in the highly regulated pharma industry. Our guest speaker is David Meinker, CEO of Aina Analytics. My name is Ansgar Bittermann, CEO of Goldman Consulting. And if you want to start your AI journey or need highly accurate diagnostics and personnel selection, drop us a note at pocketguide.ai. With me today is our global panel of experts challenging our guest speaker with the questions you might have. Welcome enterprise architect and consultant at IBM, Satya Damapuram. Hi all, hello from Toronto. And welcome head of sales from Aina Analytics, Tanja Bertis. Guten Tag aus Berlin. Thank you two for coming today to this global overall round. And let me introduce our guest speaker for today. David Meinker, CEO of Aina Analytics. David has studied pharmacy, speaks four languages, German, English, Portuguese, and Spanish, and for over five years has been writing on his PhD thesis at the University of Greifswald while working in the field of pharmacy and specialty pharma for the last six years. This February, he became founder and CEO of Aina Analytics, which is based on his doctoral work and Aina Analytics is situated close to Berlin. The opening of his company was a big event where even our new chancellor-to-be, Olaf Scholz, seemed to be a guest speaker. And the Brandenburg Business Magazine names Aina Analytics in one sentence with eBay as the newest innovative company in their new innovation hub. His company already holds five patents, which form the basis of his company. I'm very happy that you could join us today, David. Yeah, thank you. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> and David, I have one question. You have lived an extended time in Brazil. How did this South American way of life change you and your German behavior and thinking? Maybe it helps me to be a little bit more creative and to see the world itself in in different ways because it, it's a change of perspective actually and that helps a lot in different contexts so where in brazil did you live <clears throat> we lived in the south in parana so that's more or less near sao paulo it's one of the southern states and my father was working there at the university i went there to a brazilian school so i had to learn quite fast portuguese <laughs> and i at the beginning it was a little bit difficult but as a kid you manage you're a quick learner and yeah you have to there was no other option actually so and how many mm. years did you stay in brazil Three years and a half yeah from like eight to twelve or eight and a half to twelve so and you said you said your father worked in the university was he also a professor there or yes he's a professor but for history actually so quite <laughs> and i i went into the let's so, um, call it exact sciences and he he is more in the social into social history and history but it helps uh, you to get 
more fully, more uh, integral understanding. So, but now you're also a lecturer at the University of Greifswald and yes. your father was a professor. So there seems to be a pattern. There, yes, uh, there is indeed a certain academic uh, background, you could say. <laughs> and your love for research, is that something your father gave you? Probably because the, the need to be accurate when uh, discussing is something inherent in our family culture, you could say. <laughs> You know, I, I must say, I was smiling when you told me what brings you joy. Let me quote what you actually said. <laughs> you know, that is uh, very German on the one hand. <laughs> and maybe also a little bit Brazilian because you said efficient workflows, happy employees and good food. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, well, I think it's it's really important. If you have good employees, good people working, they can be devastated by inefficient workflows. And for me, it's something really important, especially regarding, for example, IT systems, that you not only have tower solutions, let's say, singular solutions, but you have to view the whole company as one entity. And therefore, all the different units, parts, workflows need to be connected. They are all, always connected and you have to take care of that, especially regarding, for example, not paper-based document management system and so on. I mean, there are several points you could mention here, for example, also the e-signature as one. I mean, it's really, uh, if you think of signing a contract with a client and you have to print it out, you have to uh, sign it and then afterwards scan it again. That's something which for me is always a very tedious work because I'm always thinking like I could be much faster with an e-signature and a good PDF program. If you're doing this thing one one time a day, maybe it's okay and you can deal with it. But when when it's re it's happening repeatedly, hundred times, then it uh, gets to you. Of course, diminishes the good work you're doing. You need to look at both processes and people. And only if these two things are optimized, then you can also ensure the efficient workflows. For me, it's like the highest goal or to achieve. And going quickly to the last point you said. So tell me, what, what, was the, what was the good food you are missing now, which you had in Brazil? I'm, I'm also thinking of Spanish food, actually, or the Brazilian, as, as my wife's from Spain. So, of course, we I, I also love the Spanish food, but Brazilian food is mainly the good ingredients. So there they have so many fruits, so many different products you don't have in Europe or Germany. Just I love it to, to go through the streets there, market and the fresh fruit, because it's, of course, a difference if uh, it's uh, flown over to Europe or if it gets directly to you, for example, the bananas or such things. When we talked before, you said that, that you grew up with an autoimmune disease. And mm -hmm. did that help you and that it helped you to form the person you are today? Did that autoimmune disease have influence on you studying pharmacy? I think so, yes. I, I was more aware maybe of how med medicinal products help you 
in your daily life when you are affected by such a disease, a chronic disease. It is really important to be aware of how important medicinal products are. I mean, nowadays with the COVID pandemic, I think most people are aware of the importance. But before that, I think sometimes when you're struggling with your daily business, you forget about how important medicinal products are. You you studied pharmacy, and if I would ask a person on the street, pharmacist doing, most of them would probably tell us they're they're pushing the medicine over the counter, which is overpriced, <laughs> and they play golf in the afternoon. So, mm-hmm. but I assume there's a little bit more to this to this field. Elaborate a little bit. What does a pharmacist do? Pharmacy does everything and nothing. So in, when you're studying pharmacy, you learn a lot of different things, a lot of different, you get to know a lot of different fields. So you get an insight into chemistry, into physics, but of course also in, and especially how medicinal products are being produced, how clinical studies are performed, and of course also into pharmacology and the way these medicinal products work in the body. So let's say, for example, pharmacokinetics, that's how fast the body resorbs the the active uh, pharmaceutical ingredient. And yeah, there are a lot of different fields a pharmacist after his study can uh, focus on. And one of it is the quality control of uh, pharmaceutical products. That's part of the production itself. And that was also where I focused on when I started working. So you have the production, but you have also always the quality control as the next unit, which ensures that the product uh, meets the defined specifications. When I ask you to describe what INA Analytics is doing, and I assume a lot of listeners, they are not really familiar with your world. You said to develop a new and digital approach to the way how analytical services are rendered today to clients. And this means we are at the turning point to get back more control of the often very complex supply chains in a globalized world. That sounds very intriguing. And maybe we could take the time now that you could tell us a little bit more about iNanalytics. We are an analytical service provider for pharmacies and the pharmaceutical industry. We offer a patented decentralized NIR spectroscopy solution. So it's based on near-infrared spectroscopy. And with this solution, you're able to investigate the, in, in a non-destructive way the chemical and physical properties of your medicinal product or their starting materials. For example, we can analyze liquid or solid products in sterile containers without opening them. So, for example, syringes, monoclonal antibodies, the COVID vaccines. We can even differ between different biosimilars. So we are able to support the fight against falsified medicines and ensure that substandard uh, product quality 
is detected before patients are supplied with these counterfeit products. How is this being done today? Actually, it isn't, or uh, if it is, and mostly in a destructive way, so you would have to destroy your sample. Some of these vials are worth like thousands of euros. Therefore, it's not really feasible. That's why also we are able to render this service worldwide to our clients that really can tip the tide. And tell us a little bit more about near near infrared spectroscopy. Yes. What is that? So, so you're shooting um, a laser somewhere? Mm -hmm. it's, it's more a light beam, you could say. It's a very fast spectroscopic technique. And the specialty is that it allows you to measure through glass or plastics, doesn't require any sample preparation and can penetrate the sample itself up to some centimeters. So it penetrates really deep into the sample and you get a good idea of how your sample is composed. Yeah, mainly it works in the range of 780 to 2500 nanometers. It works with the dipolar moment and is an absorption spectroscopy. So it's, it's, uh, it's working with the molecular vibrations. The signals we're looking at are so-called overtones. They have a lower likelihood of occurring in comparison to fundamental signals, which occur more in the mid-infrared range. But that also means that the intensity of these signals is much higher in the mid-infrared range. For example, the same or the light beam of the mid-infrared range can't penetrate glass because it's already being absorbed due to this higher occurrency in NIR, so in near-infrared, the light can still pass through the glass because the intensity of these signals is lower. So that accounts for a lot of the benefits I uh, summed up before. Just for us mm -hmm. to understand, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. sh shooting a light beam in a in a container and you know already what kind of spectrum you are expecting if the medicine uh, is correct for example if it's really a biontech COVID yes. vaccine if it's for example would be salt water you would get a complete different spectrum yes yes that's the idea behind it you have reference spectra which are being used to build a, a prediction model and with this prediction model we then can predict certain parameters or certain uh, properties of your of the sample so for example the identity also the quantity of a certain compound for example the api the active pharmaceutical ingredient we can deduce how much is in the sample and therefore if the quality is okay we can also see certain physical properties such as the hardness of a, tab of a tablet, particle size of a powder. So there are different, we have physical and chemical properties we can see. For example, these physical properties, they lead more to typical changes in the baseline. So you have shifts in the baseline, which you can then link to certain physical properties. So you have different, you have a vast bunch of possibilities to use NIR. It's really amazing. This is a very uh, close subject to me, especially uh, oh, okay. because I have I have an eight year old who has a, who has a very rare disease. So 
you know, pharmaceutical companies are, I mean, anything in pharma is pretty close to me. Mm -hmm. The first question I have is, this is a highly regulated industry. There comes security, there comes, you know, data integrity. And also there's a lot of localization aspects in terms of what substances are allowed in a specific country and what aren't. How are you handling all these various challenges? You have a such a great product from what, what I see. These specific challenges really require a lot of, not just IT in, in there, but there's a lot more to it, right? You mentioned about process and people in the beginning of the call, right? So mm-hmm. being an EA, all these things are pretty close to close to what, what I do in day to day, right? So if you wouldn't mind just touching up on, on, on the security aspects and uh, the data uh, integrity aspects. Of course. So in, in Europe, as we are a pharmaceutical manufacturer, we must comply with the good manufacturing practice guidelines, short GMP guidelines. And these define on a very on a high level the regulatory requirements you must fulfill when producing medicinal products and of course also analyzing them. But that's for Europe and you have different regulations in the US made by the, US, the FDA. You have uh, in Brazil the Anvisa, for example, and so you have different authorities on a local level, on a national level and on a supranational level, which demand certain, let's say, security measures of you. And we, we face them right now, mainly in Europe regarding the GMP guidelines, but also the US FDA requirements, CGMP. It is really helpful that on the data integrity and data governance level, there are the ISPE guidelines, so ISPE guidelines, the GAMP5 guideline, good automated manufacturing practice, a short GAMP. They help us a lot to ensure that our application is meeting all the requirements necessary for data integrity and data governance and also the software requirements because every computerized system we use needs to be validated according to these uh, standards set up in this ISPE guideline and we of course also have to adhere to certain standard procedures like the, the Alcoa standards. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's like attributable, legible, contemporaneous, original and accurate. And there are still some attributes more. And of course, also when using a software uh, solution, we can't uh, just uh, start programming our own software or use R. We need to rely on uh, software solutions which have been or cleared as a as a COTS from as a, a system from the shelf for by the authorities already. They have like a certificate, for example, FDA CFR 21 Part 11 compliant. So that's the the part uh, of the FDA requirements regarding computerized systems. Even though they have a certificate, that's not enough. You as a company have has to have to ensure that they are meeting the requirements. And that's what we do with a validation plan, a URS, of course, before that, a high-level risk assessment. So there are several different documents 
you have to produce to ensure the quality and the security of your data. For example, also a human readable audit log is a requirement or a proper user access management meeting the requirements set up in the CFR 21 part 11, for example. So there are specific requirements and these we have to meet with our software systems when we use them in a GMP or in a, in a, in a pharmaceutically relevant way. So our CRM, for example, doesn't have to meet these standards. But when we regard production or analysis of our products, then we have to adhere to these. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's there's an ocean of compliance uh, you'll, and uh, regulations that you have to follow, right, uh, which is always a challenge. So so you mentioned that you actually use off-the-shelf products right, mm-hmm. for as a part of your process. So is your solution on-premise uh, solution that you provide or you make it tailored based on the situation? Actually, we have a full cloud solution, but that means more problems, actually, to be honest, at least in Germany with the authorities, they are, it's, it's still, it's also a data security issue, also like the GDPR issue. Also, of course, regarding the different service providers. So we work with some SAS providers, which are specialized in the pharmaceutical industry. But we have also our own virtual machines in the cloud infrastructure. And we ensure the quality standards. So that's a lot of work, you can imagine, because we have to, I don't. I mean, we, we can't audit the uh, cloud provider because it's a really big one. But we have to send him or send them a questionnaire and then we have to hope some weeks uh, or, or months until they respond us <laughs> on that. We have to ensure all these kind of aspects on our own. That's our daily business. I mean, in, in the pharmaceutical environment, you have like 50% of your time, you're looking for the solution on a technical level, you could say, and 50% of your time, it's just documenting solution and uh, assuring the quality. So the, there's also this unit we have have the quality assurance and the QA guys, they are the ones always looking after the others and ensuring the quality of what we are doing. And one last question. You mentioned earlier having your reference data when you're actually analyzing a sample. Your reference data could be acceptable by a certain country. What what level of details do you manage? I mean, it's, it's, I can only imagine it's so complicated, right? So making sure that your reference data is based on the where you are actually uh, taking the sample and where you're observing the sample, right? So could you just throw some light on how do you collect this reference data? What are the different sources? How often do you update? Because I can only imagine that you, you might be doing different, there might be different kinds of algorithms running for different things, right? Also, we have a central laboratory where we develop our methods or our procedures, our analytical procedures. We validate them there. It's like 500 square meters near Berlin. And that's the one Olaf Scholz inaugurated lately. There we, we collect the first and we also always collect the metadata, which are linked to the spectrum itself. That's the raw data, to put it that way. They are also stored 
stored locally always on a database on the spectrometer itself to ensure that there's no data loss possible. Of course, we secure it also on a server in an SQL database. The point is we can always track the operator, as who or who made the spectrum, which instrument was used, which settings were used, of course, and also which kind of preparation spectrum pretreatment has been used. So in terms of mathematical techniques, because we use Fourier transformation near-infrared spectrometer, so an FTNIR, and therefore this, the Black-Harris somewhat algorithm, is already applied to the spectra before we start using them. So you can see which kind of algorithm has been used, and then after that, you keep on using it. Yeah, and then you have to build your model. And I mean, we're not using the most newly techniques. So we use regression models and clustering, for example, also the old school principal component analysis, but it's still quite helpful, actually, <laughs> at least to reduce also the many correlating information we have because in an NIR spectrum there are a lot of correlating informations which are linked to each other and don't necessarily help you to find more of the, the information you're looking for. With an PCA, you can easily simplify data you're looking at. And of course, it's also easier to store that kind of information. David, if somebody wants to become a customer of INA Analytics and they are, for example, sitting in France. Mm -hmm. So as I understood, because you're talking about cloud, so you are actually trying to decentralize that that process yes. or yeah we, we want to decentralize our solution is a decentralized analytical service so instead of sending your samples to an analytical laboratory in your country or near nearby you can if you have one of our solutions as a the spectrometer you need just a power connection and an internet connection actually and then you need uh, actually two power connections okay one for the, com the the computer and one for the spectrometer but in fact then you can be connected to our solution and we can provide you with the necessary applications which are interesting for you. So for example, you want to analyze your COVID vaccines, you become our client, first of all, <laughs> and then we provide you with the system. We also qualify the system according to your requirements or your national requirements, of course, because that's the first step in, pharmaceut in the pharmaceutical environment. You can't use any instrument without qualifying for it, it first. So there would be a qualification, a proper installation and a connection to our system in the cloud. And then you, you have bought a certain application and you, it's, it's a modular uh, system actually. So if you have three different applications you want to use, you can uh, buy or rent these three applications and we provide them to you. You can use them. And if you want two more applications, we can also offer you these applications for your system. So it's 
nearly uh, universally. Of course, there are uh, these different authorities, like on the national level especially, and but we are offering support when installing the system at your uh, site regarding the communication with the authorities. So with the Anvisa, for example, in Brazil, I would even be able to communicate with them in Portuguese. In other countries, uh, that's not always necessary, let's say. So, yeah, for example, in, in France, as you made the example, we would also be able to go there, talk to, to the authorities one time so they can get also to know better the, our solution because it's always a thing of communication because authorities and innovations, that's not always that easy. Let's say, it, let's put it that way, but we can help the, also the authorities to understand our our system and we ensure that our clients get the necessary okay from their authorities so the that's something we ensure as part of the deal because of course it's different because every national authority has their own view on these topics and you need to yeah make a lot of of communication there to ensure that they understand how it's working and why it is secu secure. That's a standard issue, actually. <laughs> and when we heard a few weeks back, there was this tragedy in Japan where I think it was Moderna. Moderna vaccine was somehow polluted with some substances. If mm -hmm. they would have used your solution for quality control, would you have been able to prevent this What we see is, for example, particle aggregations. We see uh, a change in the API and active pharmaceutical ingredient content. There we can see a difference. But of course, what we can't offer, we can't offer is these very, very small changes in in the vaccine so i i think it was something with a with a metal in contamination probably maybe this metal contamination causes decreasing levels of api for example or aggregation of these of, of the vaccine itself so that would have been something we we could have detected but for example in in germany we had the case with this that someone changed the vaccine itself for a saline solution and that's something you would have seen of course or there are cases of falsified medicine where you're using expired uh, medicine so they were using expired medicines and bringing these back into the as as relabeled med medicinal products mm -hmm. That's something we could, of course, see because there are changes so big when it when the, the, the concentration of the API falls under a certain percentage. That's something we can see. So you can say differences in between 0.51%. That's something we can see and we can detect. And that's already a lot. But of course, we can't detect all of the contaminations which uh, can occur. But it's also, I think it's a utopy to have one analytical solution for all of your problems. That's not possible. That's, that would, wouldn't be integer. We're planning on broadening the different uh, spectroscopy ranges we're using. So right now we're using the near-infrared range, but we're planning on amplifying it to the mid-infrared range and also to Raman. 
Raman is using a laser actually and it's a scattering spectroscopy method and with these methods at least you're you're getting nearer to such contamination issues you need to to have the different tools in the best case to tackle the different problems on your way so where are you seeing yourself in five years we're looking to overcome the traditional view that to to analyze your product you need an analytical laboratory at site or as a service provider I think as a, as an in-house or solution, we think that we can offer or we can substitute these laboratories on a broader level. And we see ourselves as an integral service provider, which allows you to cut your costs in this department and also to lower your working capital, especially regarding the fast analysis with NIR in at at site in your facility that helps a lot in uh, speeding up processes also of course producing reliable data so with a non-destructible procedure like ours it's possible in in totally new at, at totally new control or checkpoints to get an analysis of your product so for example after shipping it to the doctor or to the clinic you can get a last checkup to ensure that everything's fine with your product before applying it to the patient so i think we can offer here a new perspective on how medicinal products can be used and also to ensure a higher level of med medicinal product security. Thank you very much, David. And I was very impressed with your solution because offering a solution in such a highly regulated, or an innovation in such a highly regulated market, it's really a challenge. Offering a product which is not just better, but also cheaper and faster, that, that's something what makes our innovators heartbeat faster. So <laughs> then I thank you all very much for coming today and Big thank you again for, for David for introducing us to the answer to our initial question, which was data mining and innovation in the highly regulated pharma industry. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you, Ansgar. Have a blessed week and hear you next time with the best wishes from Berlin. Have a lovely day.